2: Damon Martin MMA Fighting, I am here right now with the man himself, the 2020 Olympic gold medalist, 21 years old, doing far more than I've ever done at 21, I'll tell you that much for sure. Gable Stevenson, Gable, welcome in, man, thank you so much for taking the time.
1: Man, yes sir, I appreciate y'all having me.
2: Absolutely. Uh, be honest, you you just won a gold medal, do you get tired of hearing that, you just won a gold medal? I mean, come on now, that's
1: pretty, like, you never get tired of that, right? <laughs> No, never. I mean, that's that's a that's a lifelong dream, and uh, that that match is going to be posted so many places in the future, and so many kids going to look up to it. So it's it's never going to get tired of me. It's gonna it's going to yeah. be crazy.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, before the Olympics started, I did a, a wrestling preview with Daniel Cormier, and we sat down and we looked at the entire team, and we said. We, all, we both believed everyone was going to win a medal and we were trying to predict the golds. And we said, you know, a couple, and I said, both of us said we think Gable is the guy who's going to pull off the upset. We're like, this is a guy you got to watch. But you hadn't had a ton of freestyle international competition up to that point. But you rolled through those first three rounds like so dominantly. Like, did you did you kind of expect that? Did it just play out that way? Like, can I give me your thoughts on those first couple of matches? Because you didn't allow a point to be scored until the finals, obviously.
1: Oh, man, it was... um. It was actually very surprising to be honest, because I went past the twenty sixteen Olympic champ, like three time world champ before that. And the guy wrestled first, he was about thirty-five years old. He's been on the scenes for a long time. And so I mean I mean it's Olympic Games. You you never expect you never know what to expect. But to be honest, um after the first match I went out there and the, the fire came and it and it was like the the ball was rolling, the second match was a match I was looking forward to. So I was already like prepping myself to to go against Taha Agu of Turkey. And when I met him I've been waiting for that matchup for a long time. And so I wanted to see him. And then after I beat him, I was like, hmm, the my fire is, like, really lit right now. Like, I'm going back-to-back back unscored on. And then in the semis, I went unscored on again. And I was like, ooh. I was, I was kind of surprised myself. I was like, I don't know how I'm doing this. And then we'll talk about the finals after.
2: <laughs> it was it was amazing to watch like i said and Taha Ghoul is a beast i mean obviously that guy's a hugely accomplished wrestler to go out and blank him i think it was eight nothing i mean that that's a huge deal to go out and blank that guy
1: yeah it's uh he, he's he's a legend in the heavyweight you know what i'm saying he, he got my respects he's got a lot of people respects um for me to go out there and do that to him is, is very surprising for the outside world but for me in my inner circle that i've trained with was uh was was not a big deal to be honest because we we're built for situations like that. If you if you're built for situations like that, you're gonna go out there and enjoy yourself and you're gonna put on a good show for everyone out there. So, he's um like I said, he got all the respects for me, and uh, I knew I could go out there and 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 put the hammer on him. And I'm just glad I put it on in the right way.
2: Yeah. So obviously the finals, Gino Petrusvili, uh, a monster from Georgia. Of course, he's a dominant guy as well. Was a three time world champion, bronze medalist in 2016 a beast in his own right. And you, you, you obviously knew you had your hands full. You knew he was a tough opponent and obviously you got up early and then he came back. I'll be honest. I was watching it. I stayed up to watch it. And I was like a little shocked. Like I was a little shocked. that he came back. Like I didn't see that coming.
1: Yeah. I, I felt really good at the beginning of the match. I was, I think it was four zero. And then second period, I took a, took a bad shot and didn't come to my feet and he rolled me through. And then he took a really good shot and I knew that gut wrench was coming cause, because he does to everybody. He rolled me up a few times. And at that point, it was like a roller coaster emotion because I was on a high. And then like I went to the I went to the bottom of the world after I was losing. And it was like 30 seconds left. But <clears throat> at the end of the day, I never I never lost faith in myself. I never lost hope. I I knew I spent three weeks in Tokyo to go out there and have a gold medal, not second place. And so that's what I was thinking. And at that, at that point, and I think that drive, that fire for me to take gold helped me pull off those last two takedowns
2: yeah so let's just go ahead and talk about the final sequence. I don't know how many times you described it to this point. I can tell you right now, Gable, my neighbors hate me because I screamed like a like a twelve year old girl when you landed that two point when you landed the two points to win uh at like you know seven in the morning here on the east coast uh walk me through that sequence because again, in that moment, seconds were running down. you know time is running out. you know obviously you gotta land the two points to get the win. Walk me through that sequence and, and kind of the emotion of, of when you heal because obviously you've seen the famous photo, you got the two points out. It's an iconic photo now, but that was such yeah. an amazing sequence.
1: Oh, it's it's so hard to describe what I was what I was going through in that second. I mean, right when I got put back on my feet to go for the, the six second takedown and, and get it in point two, it was like um I think at that point it was a straight heart. It was like nothing to lose. You gotta you gotta make something happen. And so when I when I was circling behind them and I saw that clock strike. Um, point two when I scored the two and it, and the buzzer went off it was like it was kind of like a wild feeling, kind of indescribable. like you have to be in that situation to feel it because like it was like I'm an Olympic gold medalist and I did it at 21 years old and and it was some something was definitely special to do against a, an, an opponent like that.
2: Yeah. Now, obviously, if you go out and you beat the guy, you tech fall him, you know, 10 nothing or technical <laughs> superiority, what they call in the Olympics. I used to say tech fall because I'm, you know, I always watch college wrestling, but the but tech yeah. fall him, it would have been great. Obviously, it would have been an amazing moment for you to go out and do something like that. But this is something that's going to live on forever. I mean, we've got to be honest. You know, I wrote about it after it happened. I said one of the craziest, you know, most insane finishes in Olympic history to pull off that win with, like you said, 0.2 seconds remaining on the clock. I mean, I'm sure you would have loved a 10-0 win, but be honest. Like, the fact that you had to pull that off the way you did, I mean, this is going to live forever. I mean, that's a moment that, you know, 20 years from now, they're going to be replaying that moment whenever we talk about Olympic wrestling.
1: Uh, I would have loved a 10-0. I mean, at the beginning of the match, I thought I had it in. I took them out of bounds for the four-pointer, but they didn't give it to me, so I had to refocus. Um, To have a 10-0 win in Olympic finals would have been historical, but I think um, the way things happen and the way the the, the world aligned – that last second takedown made it even more historical. And so that picture of me throwing up the two points is hopefully going to be an iconic photo and be brought up when I'm 40 years old in the future. And hopefully kids look up to that picture and kids see that video. And just to know to never give up and never stop wrestling.
2: Absolutely. Uh, I hate to be that guy, Gable. I got to ask you, is the gold medal nearby? Do you keep it like with you? Like where's the gold medal right now?
1: It's right there, right (laughs) behind me. (laughs)
2: it's like one of like it's one of those accomplishments like you can never i imagine you probably can never get sick of like talking about or thinking about it right like because it's something you work so hard for your entire life i mean for people that don't know obviously we're more of a mixed martial arts site but uh you know for people that don't know like you literally were born into wrestling your name is gable dan Stevenson, and obviously of course i actually had a chance a few months ago to interview dan gable which was one of my favorite interviews of all time that guy's an icon but you were literally born for this which is crazy to think about to get that gold medal at 21 I mean, I can't even imagine the emotion.
1: Oh, there's there's so many crazy emotions. I mean, after I got that gold medal, I probably didn't take it off for like three days. I had it on me everywhere I went, everywhere. Like I was showing it to to all the homies on the FaceTime and stuff. And I mean, to do it at such a young age, I mean it's most definitely life changing. You know what I'm saying? Um, a lot of kids a lot of kids that are twenty-one don't even get to go outside the country and see different places and there's so many kids that don't go outside the country and wrestle our world championships, especially the Olympic Games, you know, because we only send six people if everyone qualifies. And so for me to be for me to go out there and influence the next generation of young kids that come up and want to do that same thing at such a young age is, is crazy. And hopefully kids look at that and be inspired to, to step on the wrestling mat and, and go out there and do the thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I
2: know you've heard this before, but I mean, you're the first guy at this weight class to do it. You know in so many years for America I mean you know mark Baumgartner is the last guy to do it and that's you know back in the 90s uh, and and heavyweight has always been a really difficult class for the American wrestlers and obviously there's no shame in that but to go out and do that in that weight class is a big deal because you are a different breed of heavyweight wrestler, which is, again, I know you've heard this a million times, your your celebration with the backflip and everything, but you are a different kind of heavyweight wrestler. You're not the guy who's just going to lean on people. You literally go out there and, and, you know, outmove them, outfast them, all these kind of things. You are a different kind of
1: heavyweight. I mean, I, I just, uh, the athleticism there, the confidence is there, and I, I like being a showman. I like going out there and doing the backflips and, and making sure, you know, <clears throat> not a lot of people see what happens with wrestling, the results. And so for me to go out there and do backflips and, and put on a good show for people is bringing outside people to come watch wrestling. And that's what that's what we always wanted. We all wanted to grow the sport and grow into a bigger thing. And I mean, yeah, uh, 29 years later, after Bruce Baumgartner won his, I think his first or second one, not sure. Um, there's a new heavyweight champ for USA. And for me to go out there and put on the them red, white, and blue and bring a gold medal home and hear that national anthem when I'm on the, the gold medal stage is is something special. And hopefully like i said just inspiration for others and just a motivate motivation factor for 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 the younger kids
2: absolutely yeah i said i said mark i was thinking mark coleman It was a buddy of mine in wrestling uh thinking mark coleman heavyweight and going to Bruce bumgarner but yeah that's a tough that's a tough weight class so to go out and do what you did is a a big deal and i know there's no um there's no team medal you know in the olympics like there (laughs) is in college where you win a, a, a national championship like that but you know, America won the most medals. You know, in wrestling between the men's and women's, uh, two gold, three gold medals in total. Two on the men's freestyle. I mean, I know again, it's not a team competition in the Olympics, but you got to be happy with how things played out for Team USA at the, at this Olympics.
1: Oh yeah, um, everyone everyone out there did their job. I mean, freestyle men's freestyle came home with five five medals, two gold medals. Me and David David Taylor and I won the the gold. Kyle Schneider and Kyle Schneider second, and Kyle Day and Thomas Gilman, both bronze. I mean. We, we we went out there and put on a show and all the women's wrestlers, Tamara, Adeline, um, Sarah Hildenbrandt and I think Helen Marules came back with medals. I mean, for them to go out there and, and put on a good name for themselves and and like I said, we're just we're just trying to inspire the next next group of kids that are gonna come through and when we're older they're gonna look at us and be like, Wow, that those two teams were legendary. They came home with nine medals out of the eleven wrestlers that were sent or something. I mean, USA is most definitely growing in wrestling and It's we are the we are the powerhouse in the world.
2: Yeah, there was a time not that long ago, Gable, where wrestling, you know, just didn't get a lot of attention. And, and, you know, you had the hardcore people who's still watching myself and some other MMA people, but obviously as MMA has grown, I think that has helped wrestling. We've seen, you know, obviously very accomplished wrestlers go on to become fighters, and we've seen the sport kind of grow. You know, obviously, I think Jordan Burroughs was a big influence on that. He kind of had that personality. People kind of followed him when he did his gold medal in 2012, and we see this now to where wrestling is a much bigger sport. Now, you're a guy... I mean, I've read stories about you from high school where you were, you know, where you went on this incredible run through the end of your high school career. And obviously you came into college with a lot of eyeballs on you when you went to the University of Minnesota. So you're, you're kind of used to living under the spotlight. But to do what you're doing at 21 and let limits, like, can you wrap your head around it? Because you've helped you've helped and, and, and handled pressure uh, like nobody's business. I mean, we got to be honest, like there's a lot of people who would crumble in these kind of situations. And you've kind of embraced it. You've you've invited it on you.
1: Oh, I love, I love spotlight. I love going out like I said, I love going out there and putting on the, the best show possible for the people, you know. At the end of the day, um you people are people are going waking up at four AM to, to watch me wrestle, you know what I'm saying? If I if I go out there and half do it, it's it's gonna be a waste of time for them to wake up and watch me wrestle So for me to go out there at twenty one, press the world, the pressure of the world is on me to to satisfy the people at home is is what I'm mostly worried about. To make USA proud is what I'm like worried about, especially here at Minnesota to the, to make the university proud is, is the main goal for me. So I don't mind the pressure. I I love the pressure, you know, pressure makes diamonds and I like to go collect them diamonds and go do my thing on the outside. So um, for me to step up big, make USA proud, make, make my teammates proud and make people at home proud, out is number no one priority
2: absolutely i love it i love it now part of this you know in years in years past when you were in wrestling i mean listen we got to be honest like it was not you know the reason why so many wrestlers end up graduating and going on to things like mma is because wrestling didn't really have a way to provide you with a living didn't really have a way to provide you with a financial stability and i know Uh, I know the guy you're working with, Dave Martin, who's a very, very famous MMA manager. Works with a lot of great fighters: Luke Rockhold, Robbie Lawler, Michael Chandler, uh, and obviously you're working with Killcliffe now as well. Uh, Having that support, how important is that for you in that? And also, you know, as a college student, I mean, listen, at the end of the day, you know, you're holding a gold medal, but but we got to remember, like, you know, it's not like the Olympics, you know, it's not like the Olympic committee is you know paying you a million dollars for winning a gold, and that's fine. But obviously, you know, you got to live. you got to support yourself. you got to train, all these kind of things. Now you actually have that support system able to do that.
1: Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, with my family at home and the, and the support systems that came through with Dave and a lot of the in Kill Cliff too, that, that started supporting me also. I mean, um, so many doors have opened when I won the national tournament, and my next step after the national tournament was to win the Olympic gold. And with this Olympic gold medal, it's opened the world for me to see it. I've, I've came in contact with so many people. And so many big names that want me to come and and do shows and show up to events such as USC and WWE and anything else. I mean, I've I've seen tweets from the Vikings message me. Um, this gold medal is most definitely open up a lot of things with the sports system with Dave, Dave Martin and a lot of other people. You know, we're going to we're going to go grab this world and we're going to take care of it and we're going to own it, too
2: yeah absolutely now uh you're, you're still in celebration mode and rightfully so you literally got home from from tokyo a couple nights ago so you're still in celebration mode as you should be but of course everyone's going to start asking you about what comes next i mean of course you know you obviously win the gold medal now i know the world championships are coming up in norway in october so you got that but i mean what is, like, obviously okay let me just let me just pull the you know the big elephant out of the room we saw your tweet to dana white now i'm an mma guy so tell me gable what is in your head right now what is next for gable Stevenson?
1: And what is next for Gable Stevenson? is really not sure. I'm open for all options. I'm going to go, like I said, I'm going to go explore every single option I can. I'm going to go put my name in, on every single desk and go out there and make sure that the Gable Stevenson name is well-known and it's going to influence the next next culture that comes up. And so, like I said, there's a lot of places to go. I don't know what's next for me, WWE, UFC, football, go back to school, who knows. But at the end of the day, the best decision will come to my family and who knows when it may come.
2: Yeah. I mean, you got options. I mean, cause I kept mentioning it when I was writing about you last week, like you still have eligibility. You can go back and wrestle at the university of Minnesota if you want to. And obviously again, now you have the financial capabilities to do that without, you know, going back just as a college student. So you can go back to college if you want to, you have that eligibility there.
1: Yeah. I still got a uh, crazy thing. I still got some more years of eligibility and um, I mean, I could go back to Minnesota and, and do my thing again. Why wouldn't I? I mean, it could be a cool thing, but why wouldn't I also look at the bigger options that that may come about? So, like I said, I'm open to anything, and I'm I'm going to, me and Dave and my family are going to go search for the right right things, and we're going to make sure everything is taken care of.
2: Yeah. Now, are you, obviously, everyone saw the tweet to Dana White, and, of course, everyone, you know, just buzzing about it, but it on Twitter, but it on Instagram. Are you a fight fan? Are you a fan of UFC? Are
1: you a fan of mixed martial arts? Oh, most definitely, I'm a fight fan. I mean, who, who wouldn't want to be the baddest man on, on the planet? You know what I'm saying? Who, who wouldn't want to hold that UFC championship belt? You know I've, I'm holding the gold medal and I'm the baddest wrestler on the planet. Why wouldn't I want to go out there and be the baddest um, UFC heavyweight champion? So I sent that tweet out to Dana, and I'm sure he saw it. Sure, someone from his desk got a hold of him. But like I said, all options will be open.
2: Yeah. And obviously for people that don't know, it was what I was, I think two years ago or a year and a half ago, or was, you worked with Brock Lesnar. He had come up to the university of Minnesota and you got to get some working with him. Of course, Brock is a legendary wrestler from Minnesota himself. Uh, I assume that, you know, you probably had conversation with him and that's a resource you could probably rely on for advice or, or if you just need help. Uh, I know Brock did that with Logan Storley as well, who's obviously fighting in Bellator. So you have that, I'm sure you have that influence there with a guy like Brock.
1: Um, most definitely Brock is a big influence. You know, um, he's a, uh, he's had his input on what I, on things that I want to do. I mean, he's told me a while ago, what should I not do? And what should I do? You know, Brock's been there for a long time and he's, um, he's, he's playing me in the right direction and he'll make sure I always go the right way.
2: Yeah. And on the flip side of that, Brock, of course, also the other side is WWE. Now we all know they have interests. I'm sure you've seen triple H and everyone's talked about you coming over. They love the big guys. They love the guys who are athletic. And that's an option as well. Is that, is that something you could potentially explore as
1: well? Almost oh, definitely I'm gonna explore the WWE. You know Vince McMahon is a is a great dude. Um Triple H is a great person also. So for me to explore WWE for me not to explore WWE would be um very fairly stupid on my part. But I'm gonna go out there and well, me and Triple H can have face to face talks. Me and Vince will, me and Dana will, me and Joe Rogan will, and I'm <laughs> gonna go out I'm gonna go out there and like I said, I'm gonna explore.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's kind of funny. I'm sure maybe you saw it. Uh, ben Askren, of course, very famous in the wrestling community in his own right. He put out a tweet after you. I want I can't remember if it was after the semifinals or the finals, but he put out a tweet and said you know, give this guy 18 months of training and he's a you know UFC champion. Like That's like, that's how much faith you have from the MMA community already. And I listen, I'm a believer in that as well, man. You are a different breed of heavyweight athlete. And obviously, we've got great heavyweights. I'm in Ohio. I'm 15 minutes from Ohio State. So, of course, I'm very familiar with Steve Miochich. Of course, Francis Ngannou, the current champ. Obviously, all the guys out there. But again, if you decide to do MMA, you already have the greatest base possible to make huge waves in this sport if you decide to fight.
1: Oh uh, Yeah, you know, I saw the tweet from Ben Askren, and uh, I do believe that, too. You know, I do believe that with my wrestling skills and me putting on some striking sh- skills that I could be mm-hmm. the champion in less than 18 months. I can go out there and dominate my way through the he- heavyweight field. And, you know, there's good guys coming up. There's the uh, the French guy, I think his name's Gain. He just won his match against Derrick Lewis, which we were watching over there in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. So congratulations to him. Um, Stepe, you know, legend, Cormier legend, Brock Lesnar, Coutures, and all those guys are are, are great dudes, you know what I'm saying? And... Francis Francis is holding the belt right now and I'm not sure anyone at this point may stop him we're, we're gonna see what um the guy gain if he can but you know um the support from the d- MMA world is, is is heavy you know what I'm saying a lot of people have faith in me that's cool to see so I mean like just gonna like I said we're gonna explore we're gonna take our time and we're gonna pick the right option for me whether it's MMA or anything else but We will we always have a good support system from the fans. We're gonna make sure I'm a people's person and go out there and put on a show for everybody.
2: Absolutely, and and it's not again. I say options. This is something you know, ten, twelve years ago, wrestlers didn't have. If you were a wrestler, you know, ten, fifteen years ago, you either became a wrestling coach or you might go into fighting. Like you literally didn't have the other option. You actually have a lot of options right now. And I didn't even like we're sitting here talking about the Olympic gold medal. Didn't talk about you could go back and win another gold. You're so young. You could easily go to the next games you know, and when they, when they restart again. So, I mean, 2024. So, I mean, again, there's a, a, a world of possibilities available to you.
1: Yeah, most definitely. I mean, 2024 don't sound bad. to me either going to Paris, with another gold medal and slid up by my, my, myself again, you know, um, two gold medals don't sound bad. Anything <laughs> doesn't, sound bad. you know, I'm a competitor. I go out there and put my best foot forward. And when I lose, I'll always make sure that um, I put my heart out there and anything I do
2: yeah well gable uh thank you so much for taking the time uh i try to you know as a a reporter as a journalist i'm supposed to be unbiased i'm not unbiased right now because i was freaking out excited when you won uh i loved watching. always rooting for team usa of course uh and so seeing you in that gold medal was amazing, man. Congratulations. Enjoy it. I know you got to be enjoying a little bit, but please enjoy it. Uh, congratulations again. And I tell you what, I can't wait to see what's next. I know you said, you know, you're going to make the decision, but I'll tell you, man, I just can't wait to see what you do next because whatever it is, I will be watching.
1: Well, I appreciate you for watching. Thank you for having me on.
2: Absolutely, Gabe. We'll talk to you soon, buddy. Thank you. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Learn more today at sas.com slash V-I-Y-A. Here's the truth about AI. AI is only as powerful as the platform it's built into. ServiceNow puts AI to work for people across your business, removing friction and frustration for your employees, supercharging productivity for your developers, providing intelligent tools for your service agents to make customers happier, all built into a single platform you can use right now. That's why the world works with ServiceNow. Visit servicenow.com slash AI for people.